0: My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is Jenny. Hello. And we are coming to you on a very sad and confusing day. Uh, today we lost not only WWE legend China, but Prince. Um, so it's it's been a, a rough year for our icons. Um, but uh, real quickly, Jenny, what is your favorite Prince song?
1: Gonna party like it's 1999.
0: I would take any song off the Batman soundtrack,
1: <laughs> the Batdance.
0: <laughs> the the Batman soundtrack is, you know, with his pivotal role in that movie, with the, oh t- gosh, yeah. the, the Tim Burton movie. Yeah, you gotta,
1: by the way, that would be the most epic cosplay is him from that video
0: from look it up from what video Prince from which video though. What are you talking about? Your, your song or the Batman? The Batman. The Batman. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, half Joker, half Batman.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, Dave, keep up here. I'm that trying. would be the best cosplay. Tell me, tell me somebody couldn't pull that off. That would be great.
0: If you have, or if you've seen somebody pull it off, hit us up on Twitter, at Atomic Kingdom, because we want to see it. Oh, I'd uh, be dying to see it. <laughs> uh, tonight, we have another fantastic interview for you. Uh, we talked to writer, director, production assistant of the stars, Miranda Sajak. Uh, she's got a new project on GoFundMe.com that sounds awesome. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash Directs to find it. Uh, but instead of listening to me yammer on about it, let's talk to her because she's the one that created it and is going to direct it and all that good stuff. So here is our interview with Miranda Sajak. All right, this week's guest on the podcast is a director, a writer. Uh, She's currently got a project that's on GoFundMe that we're going to talk a lot about tonight. And we're excited to have her on because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, We welcome Miranda Sajak. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Um, Something we like to do with all of our guests on the podcast. Uh, We're like a geek culture website and podcast. So we like to ask them what they're very geeky about, like what they like to geek out about. And it it doesn't have to be comic books or sci-fi. It can be music, uh, movies, anything.
2: Um, I mean, it's a range for me, like, I definitely come from the like, raised on Star Trek kind of world and like fantasy novel world. So I definitely like fit into those subcultures. um, And I for sure still like love all that stuff. Um, But you know, I would definitely say for me, it's it's totally movies like that's, you know, kind of always been my thing. And, uh, you know, these days, TV has kind of been amazing. So like, movies and TV are really like, what I would get really excited about, like if there's a new show that I really love or like a new film about to come out and I really want to see it, like I'll get pretty excited about it.
0: What What are you watching on TV right now?
2: Um, I'm watching a lot of things, you know, it's interesting because I watch a lot of foreign TV, so I watch a lot of like Scandinavian noir and like um, wow. British cop shows, which is like pretty <laughs> dark and like bizarre. Um, But I actually am kind of addicted to Nashville, which I watch on a very regular basis. Um, And I have been watching Faking It on MTV, which is also actually I didn't expect it to be what it is. And it's sort of like evolved as a show, which I've been enjoying. Um, So I'm I'm watching a lot of just like a variety of stuff. I,
0: I have honestly never seen Nashville, but I would just for for Connie Brighton. Um, yeah she's amazing, she's so good. <laughs> yeah.
2: amazing. I, yeah I mean if you liked Friday Night Lights and it. like you loved already it. know that she's awesome then you're probably gonna end like she takes up so much screen time and she's like so amazing and actually Hayden Panettiere is really amazing in it too so it's a really strong cast
0: I yeah I liked Hayden on Heroes and yeah, uh, remember, yeah. remember the Titans as a little girl totally she, she was great uh, what's yeah. what's the last movie you got really excited for Other than the ones you're making
2: Um, You know it's funny I was actually really excited for London Has Fallen I didn't get to see it And I'm kind <laughs> of bummed um, But before that I was actually really excited For um, one of my friends Had a movie that came out um, Called Jack of the Red Hearts That um, was like the grand prize winner at um, Gina Davis's film festival last year. And then it went on to um, AMC theaters and then um, on to like, I think it's Lifetime this like, you know, in a couple of days and then it's going to be in Walmart in May. So on DVD. Um, So it's like pretty exciting for me because like that's just my friend who like wrote a script and happened to win all these prizes Um, and Famke Jansen is in it. And it's like a really good um, kind of heartfelt family film about like an autistic kid kind of struggling and um, this con artist who like pretends to be an autistic caregiver who convinces the mom to hire her so that she can make enough money to like do whatever it is she needs to do with her life. So she sort of like tricks a family into hiring her as an autistic caregiver even though she has no experience caring for autistic children. Um, wow. which is kind of amazing. Yeah. It's like a plot line I've never seen before. Um, and it stars Anna Sophia Robb as the girl and Pamka Jansen as the mom. And it's like, it was really cool. And like, kind of like it's moving. I mean, it's a drama, but I, I really enjoyed the whole premise and it was something I hadn't seen before. So that was kind of cool.
0: Cool. What's it called again?
2: Jack of the Red Hearts.
0: Okay. I'll, I'm gonna look for that one. It sounds good. Yeah.
2: It was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I dug it. I dug it. I mean, it's not a genre film, but I I definitely dug it.
0: Sure. Uh, so, uh, what got you into writing and directing? Just the love of the movies, or how how did you kind of find your? Is it something you've always wanted to do?
2: Yeah. Um. I you know when when I was a kid, um, my mom actually took me to see A League of Their Own, and I remember just like falling in love with movies and like knowing that I wanted to make movies. And um, I pretty much left the theater knowing I wanted to be a director. Um, and then. I went to school for directing or for film and then um, kind of came out of that and did some more directing and then worked in production on a lot of things, including Cloverfield and Bourne Ultimatum and like just a wide range of projects uh, while I was living in New York. And then came out to L.A. and sort of realized that, like, you know, other than really like editing or, you know, the kind of post process um, writing is really the first step where you're able to kind of work um, in an isolated environment where you don't really need like 20 crew members and you don't need like a hundred million dollars. Like you can get like a single program and then just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, for me, it was like kind of a natural extension of, you know, if I want to be making projects, I need to be creating them. Um, You know, I need to be writing the stories. I can't just expect somebody else to do that for me. Um, and you know, it was also the kind of thing where you don't need a million people and a million dollars. Like you can just sit and write a story and there you have it, you know? So, um, that's sort of where the writing all came from was just meeting projects. And then also like realizing that that was a way for me to get stories crafted without having all of the tools you need to direct. So I could still be creative. Like when I was working at my nine to five, I could come home and still be creative and not worry that like. I hadn't been using my creative energies that week or whatever.
0: Sure. Uh, do you prefer one over the other, the directing or the writing?
2: Um, I think I still prefer the directing, but I've sort of learned recently to appreciate the writing more. <laughs> uh, it's something new to me still. Um, I've only really been writing for three or four years now. Um, So, you know, directing, I've been doing a lot longer. So it's just the writing process is kind of new to me. But I'm definitely learning to enjoy it uh, as I kind of get more comfortable with it.
0: Writing's tough. We,
1: I, <laughs> it's really hard. We find a lot of people that we interview, too, They, a lot of their writing starts to kind of revolve around the stuff that they're passionate about. Like, if they're really into Star Wars, they tend to go to more of the space opera-type writing. Do yeah. you do that? Because I, I was looking at kind of your um, little bit of your profile. Like, you've got one yeah. of my favorite movies, District B 13 on there. And I was like, yeah. like, are you influenced by that? Or are you on a completely different genre when you write than the stuff that you love to watch?
2: Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I, am a very mixed bag in that regard. Um, I love to write action and I love to write, um, you know, legal thrillers are like some of my favorite genre too. So like I love to kind of write stuff in those spaces. Um, but I also really like to write just like straight up dramas. So, I mean, I guess that goes back to like Nashville or, you know, um, Jack of the Red Hearts that we just mentioned, like, which are just like pretty basic like dramas. I mean, even Leo the Run is a comedy, but it's like a dramedy, um, you know. So I, t- I tend to like to write, you know, very, very basic dramas, but then I also really, really love writing action when I, you know, when a, an idea strikes me that fits that category. But, um, yeah. I mean, I sort of mix, do a mix. Like I'm, I'm writing a pilot right now. That's just like two teen boys kind of thing coming of age. And I just wrote another pilot. That's a period piece about like women in world war two on the home front. So that's obviously, you know, somewhat of their own inspired. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely don't just write the things that I am necessarily going to be drawn to, but I, I write what inspires me. So if an idea comes to me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Then, you know, I'll, I'll definitely write something of that nature.
1: I, Dave and I always have these conversations cause Dave's, Dave's a writer. I, I'm not, I like to write about, you know, like reviews type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am definitely the spectator. Um, yeah. so bring me up to speed. Like if you were saying you like the legal dramas and the drama, do what do you do to like research that? Because I know there's a lot of fact base and things like that that goes into it.
2: There is, um, you know, really anything that's research based is tough. And I definitely, especially, had that issue with the like World War II home front one because I did not live through World War II. I'm not like <laughs> super familiar with what was happening at that time. Like most of my knowledge when I started writing it was very much restricted to having seen a League of Their Own a hundred times. So that wasn't like super useful um, when it came to like what I was hey. trying to anything league of their own, it will always be useful in the game of
1: vice.
2: Yes, it was useful in, it was linguistically useful in terms of dialogue, but otherwise it was sort of like, um, you know, I was writing about factories and they were playing baseball. So it was a little bit different. Um, So I had to do a lot of research and it ranged from, um, I was, I I actually won a contest with that particular pitch. um, And it actually ranged from talking to a consultant who had like been working in, factories for years and years and I um, had worked for Lockheed Martin and you know now like advises like the president or something in like engineering so like I talked to him a lot um, and then I also did a whole bunch of research so that ranges from like you know just internet searches to seeing what's out there to um reading books I bought a bunch of books off Amazon I went to the library I went to museums because like there are a bunch of um, old like airplane museums around here. So like you can actually go like see World War II aircraft and stuff. So like I went and like just looked at what everything was that was happening back then that we have the artifacts of. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty intense. It was probably a good like just month of just heavy reading and doing research. And it's hard.
0: (laughs) I can (laughs) I can remember being in school and just hating history Like, I just didn't enjoy it at all because I'm, I'm, my brain is more creative. Like, I like fiction more than reality, I guess. But (laughs) I remember watching, there was a summer when I rented League of Their Own like a hundred times because, (laughs) because (laughs) it's a good movie and I loved baseball and then I loved Tom Hanks, but I just loved the movie so much. And I don't, I hadn't watched it in a long time. and I just recently watched it this year. And I, I remember just the joy I had from watching this movie that I'm like, I don't know if I should be enjoying this movie as much as I should, because it's <laughs> not really designed really for me, but I, I love that movie. And and, and and as I grew older, I love that period of, of, of history. Uh, just not, not, obviously, it's a very sad period of history, but it's, yeah. it's a rich history, or area of our history, because there's so much that's going on in such um, a strange time for our country and the world. Wow that there's so much to learn from it. I mean, not much, not many people are learning from it, but um, yeah, right. like I, I got big into like the, that kind of war, everything involved with Tom Hanks. So every, you know, St. Yeah. Ryan, uh, Band of yeah. Brothers, that kind of stuff was, was enjoyable. But um, I, yeah, I, 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 I saw your Twitter banner with League of Their Own and I had to, I'm glad we brought it up because I, I love that yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was so obsessed with it. And it's funny because it's, this kind of interesting film, um, and I haven't actually found that with too many films, like I've, you know, over the course of time, like you'll talk to people and like, you know, some people are big Star Wars fans and some people are big Star Trek fans and some people are really, you know, like Superman and some people really like Batman. But like, that's maybe the one movie that I can think of that, you know, people who have seen it pretty much just enjoyed it. Like, I can't mm-hmm. really, I haven't found anybody who's like, God, I hated that movie, you know? like hey. that person like may exist out there somewhere. They're probably going to listen to this podcast and let me know. Uh, (laughs) But like, I I haven't met them yet. So I just, I find like, it's just a really enjoyable film and like, it is fun for the whole family and it has like great roles for everybody. Like Tom Hanks is amazing. And um, you know, Gary Marshall is like really amazing and John Lovitz is hilarious. And like, there's just so much great stuff in there that I just feel like, it's kind of for everybody. Like there isn't anything in that movie that's like not fun.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I have, I was going to bring it up later, but you kind of brought it up when you're talking about the stuff you worked on. Uh, I know it says you're a production assistant on Cloverfield, Cloverfield's another, like one of my favorite movies. Uh, what, what did you do on that movie?
2: Um, well, production assistant is sort of a fun title. Um, <laughs> that one was one of my earlier jobs in, um, Just doing additional PA work because they mostly shot in LA, um, and then they went out to New York for like a couple of weeks, and I was an additional PA for like a week of that time, maybe a little less. Um, And it was kind of crazy. Like they were doing um, some exterior stuff in Central Park, and they were doing, uh, I think, a few interior things, maybe in a hotel or something nearby. Uh, But it was what was crazy about it was that it actually was shooting. The second day um, was in the middle of a hurricane. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, like, and that was when they were doing interiors. Good for them, but not so good. <laughs> for um, So I was like stationed outside doing a lot of work, um, kind of moving between some of the crew trailers and like kind of getting a lot of paperwork done. But when I woke up at four in the morning for call time, it was not a hurricane. So I went to set completely unprepared for the fact <laughs> oh. that it was pouring all day long. And I got soaked. So that's, like, my main memory of Cloverfield <laughs> is that, like, I got completely destroyed by a hurricane. Which <laughs> <laughs> is, like, not really the greatest memory from set. But it was actually, like, the crew was really great and everybody was really nice. And, it like, you know, it was a good experience. But it's just that's, like, my one, like, memory that stuck with me years later. is like, I got, like, really hit by a hurricane. <laughs> and, like, nobody, I don't think anybody even knows that that was happening while they were shooting, but it totally was.
0: Um, Yeah. Something came into my mind when you're talking about that when you work on a movie like that. Do you find yeah. can you enjoy it just as like a fan sitting down and watching it, even though you've kind of experienced like oh that we filmed that that was the day that I almost got blown away by a hurricane or like, or can you just kind of take it back and like, this is the movie we made. And this is a movie. And can you just enjoy it that way? Or do you experience it a little differently?
2: Um you know I do experience it a little differently and I, you know I think it gets on my friends nerves sometimes because like I'll work on something and then they'll be like let's watch it and I'll be like I don't really want to <laughs> um so and it's not it's you know it's never anything like against the project it's always just like I uh, I I do become very aware of like oh that thing happened that day or you know I just was in a bad mood that day, or, you know, I mean, I'll even remember, like, the really good stuff that happened on a certain day, but it's just distracting, um, so, yeah, I do, I do find that that will be distracting for me, I actually don't love to watch the stuff I've made, like, once it's sort of processed through the edit, and, like, out there in the world, um, I tend to not actually see it after, like, <laughs> one or two times, I'm like, I'm good, that was fine, um, like, I'll watch it down, and make sure it's good, but after that, I'm like, like, I don't love going to the theater to see it or whatever. And it's not because I don't think any of this stuff is good. It's just more like I do, like you say, like become really aware of the process sort of behind the curtain. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh,
0: and did you get to meet Ricky Gervais when you worked on Ghost Down?
2: I didn't. Um uh. I didn't. Greg Kinnear was there that day. Um, I didn't meet him either. I like I was like. I watched him walk down the street a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> that was super fun. Um, I mean, he seemed really nice. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't – I think Ricky wasn't, um, wasn't there that day, which kind of okay. was a bummer. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, no, I did not
0: okay. to meet him,
1: which I'm still sad about.
0: <laughs> um, go ahead, Jenny.
1: <clears throat> oh, I was going to say on a side note, can you tell me what the, the next MacGyver contest is? Yes.
2: Um, so we kind of touched on it a little bit with this, um, sort of home front World War II thing, but essentially the contest started last year and it was a collaboration between like USC, um, I think like CAA was involved somehow. Um, there were a bunch of judges, including like America Ferreira, um, Roberto Orsi, uh, Scott Free, which is really Scott's production company, um, Laurie McCreary, uh, Anthony Zweiker, who created CSI. Like, there were just, like, a bunch of, like, industry judges. Um, and the big point behind it was essentially to encourage women to get into STEM by uh, creating TV shows, specifically TV pilots, uh, that had a woman engineer as the lead. So the contest, like, essentially requirements were just to put together a one-page pitch of, like, you know, what what that show would be. Like, if somebody said to you, come up with a show idea about a woman who's an engineer, like, what would that be? Um, And they termed it the next MacGyver because, um, you know, Lee Latoff, who created MacGyver, was, like, essentially also heading up the contest and was one of the creators behind the contest. So um, I put together... A pitch, which was about women in World War II on the home front, um, and I sent it in because I thought, you know, we haven't really seen, like, a Rosie the Riveter show. Like, what would that be? Um, and, you know, that sort of uh, got got me the win. Um, I was one of five winners out of, I think, like, 2,000 entries, Um, And so the prize was to get your pilot developed um, and mentored by whoever your mentor was. So one of them went with America Ferreira and one of them went with Laurie McCreary, who does uh, Madam Secretary. And, you know, so like different ones had different mentors. Um, And I ended up being mentored by Scott Free, which is Ridley Scott's production company. Um, And they've been really great and super just like awesome about walking me through the process and just everybody's been really fantastic. So that was sort of like the win was, you know, getting a pilot written and now I have a pilot sample that I can, you know, send out and everything. And, um, I think Scott free is maybe looking to take it out, but I'm not entirely sure what the next step is right now. So it's sort of like, we're still doing the email tag thing, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that was sort of like the, the process was, you know, writing a pilot with Scott free, which is a good prize.
0: That's pretty awesome. I would watch that show. So I hope I hope it gets made.
1: I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it is cool too because we're living in a time where we're like women are definitely getting more recognition. There's shows now that are primarily based on the female lead, yes. which it goes through we go through like eras where you can go years without seeing anything with a strong yes. female in it that it's great to see that Hollywood and different organizations are putting a drive out there to encourage women to start doing it, you know? Yeah. Amazing to have under your belt.
2: Yeah. And I hope it, I hope it leads to more. I mean, we've sort of seen statistically that like things haven't changed a lot. Like it feels like the conversations are happening, but the actual movement hasn't changed as much, like as far as just like numbers. Um, but I'm hoping that that is, something that, you know, in the next few years grows, like, I don't know if you guys just saw that article, but something came out, like, I think it's Paramount and Fox, like, don't have a female director on any movies until, like, through 2018 or something, Um, so it's like, you know, certain studies have been done and continue to be done, and it's just, it's not super promising, Um, so I'm sort of hoping that, like, the conversations and, you know, a lot of the press and stuff kind of start shifting a little more, because right now it's, like, not fantastic uh, but it's definitely feeling like we're getting more especially on tv i think tv has done actually a better job than film Um, we're getting a little bit more representation both behind and in front of the camera which is great
1: yeah Yeah. we always joke around that we're kind of in the golden age of television right now because it's so different from like when we grew up because it is more like the cinema than it is like a sitcom you know yes
2: completely and the serialized stuff is definitely like more novelistic so you feel like you're really staying with a character growing over the course of each episode and when we were growing up it also like was so much about just you know episodic stuff like a reset at the end of every episode and then you follow the characters again next week on their new adventure and that's not the case anymore which is really interesting
1: yeah and it's good too though that the conversation is being had because I mean you still have the the cheesy movies where the female lead will look at the man and go well what do we do now and it's (laughs) like Come on, really? But then you get good casting, like you get the Jessica Jones series, and yeah. you get these just strong characters. I mean, a lot of a lot of the females that are being represented now are actually really cool that you can look up to yeah. and go thumbs up. You know?
2: Yeah, and like Mad Max, and like you know, I mean, it's definitely we've had an interesting um, like couple of years with that for sure, and like Supergirl, and like you know, it's definitely feeling like I mean, even like everything that Shonda Rhimes touches, like. It's it's just feeling like there's a lot that's kind of coming out, which is exciting.
0: I'd like to get your your opinion on this. Uh, talking about like the strong female characters side of it, like the the big out outcry after the new Star Wars movie came out about uh, Ray being a, a Mary Sue. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and now it's happening again with the new Star Wars with yeah. the Rogue One, and like I, I I think it's ridiculous. Like I don't understand. I because Luke Skywalker it would be a Mary Sue. Like, yeah. all, all of these male heroes are Mary Sue's. Mary Sue's,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> to me, yeah. if the character's interesting, I don't care. Guy, Agreed. girl, Martian, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, it just doesn't I, make any sense to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, as somebody who's a big action fan, and, you know, we mentioned District B-13 earlier, like... There is, like, no explanation for why the people in District B-13 are, like, incredibly good at, like, <laughs> running and, like, jumping across rooftops and stuff, which is, like, something relatively superhuman, and yet it's just an amazing movie, and... You know, the same could be said for, like, you know, even something like the raid where you're like, well, they would have some cop training, but it's like, <laughs> would they really have,
1: like, that much martial arts ability? <laughs> like, right. really? Oh, um, come on. Everybody can climb up seven stories of a building. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, like, you shoot people while you're climbing and, like, randomly pull out knives from, like, orifices you didn't know you had. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I... I'm just I'm such a fan of action so like I'm ready to suspend my disbelief with like the little stuff and mm-hmm. I feel like so much of that is like you know it's whether or not you can suspend your disbelief and I feel like that's a lot of the um question that's brought up with that sort of accusation and I think for me it's just like well if I could suspend it for Luke I can definitely suspend it you know for Ray like it's right. not it's not difficult for me um so you know, if I'm suspending my disbelief that Superman can fly because he's an alien from another planet, then I'm not going to have, like, this really difficult time believing that a woman can, like, beat somebody up with a stick, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> like, what are you have really? Um So, you know, it just sort of, I think a lot of it just comes from, like, you know, questioning your own beliefs and, like, questioning your own, like, where you stand on that. Like, are you comfortable with You know, putting yourself in the mind or, you know, the shoes of somebody who maybe isn't your gender or isn't your race or isn't whatever. And if you are, then maybe you realize that, like, that person can have the same skills as somebody of another gender, another race, another sexuality, whatever it is. And, and, you know, what growing up, like, I, Definitely, you know, as a woman, like, the majority of the films that I was watching had male leads, and that's still true to this day, Um, and the majority of stuff that I'm watching has male leads, so, you know, we're kind of constantly asked to suspend that disbelief and to, like, step into that character's shoes, Um, so... That's something that's a very familiar feeling, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm guessing that there may be some people who are watching these things who maybe aren't as used to that, uh, because it's a lot easier to find movies with male leads and it's a lot easier to find media in general that caters to a male audience. So I think that there may just be, uh, you know, some like cognitive dissonance with um, the whole connecting with the character and I get that. Like, there's definitely characters that I don't connect with. Um, You know, I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I don't agree that she's a Mary Sue. I don't agree that the new one is going to be either. Like, she looks pretty badass. So I'm excited about that. Um, But I, you know, I think that it's just like it's a way to level a complaint about your own discomfort more than Mm -hmm. it's like really damning about the actual film project.
0: I, I before that trailer came out for Rogue One I remember all the Star Wars geeks were like well we don't need this movie this doesn't make any sense we don't need to see this let's well, there's other stories to tell within the Star Wars universe and yeah. then the trailer comes out and I'm blown away by it I wasn't one yeah. of those people I wanted to see this story for, for me and more Star Wars is good Star Wars aside from like the yeah. holiday special. But (laughs) I saw the trailer and I was even more excited because there's this interesting new character that looks amazing. And she looks extremely flawed too. She doesn't look like a Mary Sue to me. Um, Not at all. And it looks like at the end of that trailer, she could be a bad guy. So it's like, this looks awesome. Why why would you not enjoy it? You sit through all these Fast and Furious movies where they're all Mary Sues. Every character in that movie is a Mary Sue. Oh (laughs) yeah, every character. But you're going to watch it because it's fast driving and action and all this stuff. And you know, you're yeah. just kind of turning your brain off for two hours. Yeah. I right. mean,
2: I totally agree. And you know, for me, the trailer for rogue one is actually maybe the first star Wars trailer that I can genuinely say, like I got really excited seeing that whether or not it was a star Wars movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think a lot of films, like, you know, you put like, Oh, it's the new star Trek. So I'm going to be excited or like, Oh, it's a new star Wars. So I'm going to be excited. So you kind of have that extra Like, emphasis there. The built-in
0: reaction.
2: Yeah, the built-in fan reaction. Um, But for me, like, seeing that trailer, I was like, you know what? This story looks interesting to me, and this character looks interesting to me, and I don't actually care whether it's a part of the Star Wars universe or not, because it looks interesting, like, in and of itself, you know? And I think some of that is because it's sort of, like, sort of a standalone, but, like, you know, it definitely it intrigued me and I wasn't expecting it to do that quite as much as it did. So I think they did a good job with that trailer.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to kind of go back to like the business side of things and the politics of, you know, women directors in general um, and and women actresses too, or just actresses would be the right term. Like this past week, a lot of like main stars of shows quit their shows, like uh, Astana from Castle uh, the two the two female leads from Castle are leaving the show, and there's there's a couple others that I'm forgetting. But do you do you feel that that's like a sign of like they're not getting enough respect, or how, what do you think that is, or is it the studio um, saying you know we don't we don't need you?
2: Yeah, you know that's a really great question, and I you know I've definitely been I've been behind the scenes on a couple of shows, um, and I've definitely been through like casting dominoes and various scenarios where. People left or, you know, were let go or, you know, various other things happened that kind of kept them on or off something for whatever reason um, or swapped out or whatever. And it's kind of an interesting question. I mean, you know, without knowing the actual like machinations of what goes on behind the scenes on Castle um, or the other shows, like I can't. sure say the reasons Um, and I would imagine that like most of us who do not work on the project will never know like I'm sure I could ask my friends who have worked on it and they would (laughs) let me know but like I don't know I mean at any given time it could be anything it could be a personality conflict with you know somebody who pulls in more money it could be that you know the arc was really over it could be that the network wants to cut budget and that's where they're looking to cut it like it's just there's so many reasons why somebody leaves a show that will never come to light. Um, So, you know, that's, I think it's, you know, and I'm definitely, like, a huge advocate for, like, women in front of the camera and everything. Um, But in these particular instances, I would say, like, without knowing more, I can't necessarily, like, cast judgment on whether these were the right choices. Like, oftentimes, maybe the actor wants to leave and this is a good opportunity for them to go do other things. Uh, You know, I remember there was a big outcry when, Chris Maloney left um, SVU and like mm-hmm. that was like a huge deal, uh, but he wanted to do other things and now he is and he's doing pretty successfully at them. So, <laughs> right. you know, it's sort of like sometimes you get into something and you've been there for so long and you just don't want to be that character anymore. And, you know, those of us who have loved sci fi forever have definitely seen that happen with many of my favorite shows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where there'll just be an actor who walks off. Just that, and you're like oh bye like we liked you but sorry you're gone now um just because sci-fi tends to have you know a long run and you know people leave and they decide i don't want my whole career to be tied to this one concept so um you know that could be it too like i just i don't know um so i mean i would say that it's it i wouldn't say that like you know any one or three or even 10 firings or leavings or quittings or whatever it is, um, would be indicative of anything. Like I would need to see like a broader statistical (laughs) base of like a thousand were fired in this month. And then I'd be like, okay, something's going on, you know, or if they were all coming the exact same network and studio and like, everybody was like being let go, then I would say like, you know, okay, well, that's really indicative of this, but without seeing that, like right now, I'm just like, I don't know why those individual things happened. Um, It doesn't seem like the fans are happy about it. And I'm kind (laughs) of sorry (laughs) because I position, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know why those particular things happened for
0: sure. I really loved that answer for a lot of reasons, mostly because me and Jenny were having this conversation a little earlier today or before we talked. And it seems like the, the immediate response is, well, it's, it's a feminist thing and yeah and it, it jumping to that and jenny was talking about it so i kind of let her say what she was saying uh when she was talking to me about it earlier but that it, that it kind of that kind of damages the, the the feminist i guess movement to jump straight to that yeah.
2: yeah i mean i think you know there are times when you know we should be jumping on things and you know i think like ghost in the shell is something to jump on and i think mm-hmm. that you know there's other things that are worth jumping on um but I think, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in Hollywood that just like people don't know about. And, you know, if there's a pattern, like, I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen um, some of it recently with like the bury the gaze trope and with, you know, a lot of minority characters being killed off. And I guess I would see that as somewhat more problematic. Maybe it's just problematic timing for all of these shows to be doing this at once. <laughs> I don't know if it's right. like sweeps that we're coming up on or something. I guess it probably is. Um, but it's, you know... I, i don't know what's sort of going on there and i would say that that feels a little bit more problematic because that feels more like a sort of pattern that's been around forever kind of thing mm-hmm. but on an individual show-by-show basis like i i can't personally judge um like i would i would just need to know more like i i've seen women get forced off of things for stupid reasons and i've seen them get fired for stupid reasons and You know, usually it's the woman who goes and not the guy when there's a conflict there. And I've seen that happen a lot, too. But, um, you know, in this particular case, just because it's a low number and because I don't know the specific reasoning, like I I just can't jump on it.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I was telling Dave, too. It's a slippery slope that the the first issue is, is that shouldn't be the whole, in my opinion, the whole feminist movement and women. You know, we should just be recognized by the work at hand. And, yeah. you know, our, our gender shouldn't be even on the table. It's the work that people should be focusing on. And when it gets twisted where it's all a he versus she kind of thing, it kind of taints it a little bit to me. But it also on the opposite side, it's good to get the conversations going because, like, you know, especially like the pay inequality that's going on in Hollywood right now, that needs to be talked about because it's so common. And a lot of people didn't know about it until people started speaking up. And that's a good side of it. So it's, I totally, everything you just said, totally agree with you.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a complex thing because it's just like, none of us actually know what's going on behind the scenes on any particular show, unless we're working on it. Um, But it's also, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like there are, a lot of instances of you know sort of sexism that's going on in Hollywood at various stages and some of it you can see statistically and some of it you can see anecdotally and it's sort of like it's just a wide range so you know it's hard to point to any one thing unless you know for sure Uh, but yeah I mean I think it's it's definitely something to talk about and I'm not just like if this is sort of like the worst thing that comes out of things where people are like saying that something is and maybe it isn't then like Okay, you know, like I can live with that if that's yeah. the worst thing that happens. Like, with the sort of feminist movement in Hollywood, right? Um, Just... Like, I'd rather that, and then also see that like the pay disparity goes away than like not have the pay disparity go away. You know, so as long as the conversations are happening, I think we're probably in an okay place.
1: Well, and I think that's what's so that's kind of why we're here tonight, because um, in finding the no trace on the GoFundMe, GoFundi- fund me, yeah, like you gotta tell us a little bit more because I was going through it and I'm like hallelujah yes let's make this movie you know and so I told you got to totally go into a little bit about the movie what the direction is on it because it looks like on the GoFundMe you guys are doing pretty well which is great so and I'm always excited to see something actually come to fruition so (laughs) please please do share
2: (laughs) okay um yeah well this is one that I uh you know came up with um sort of at the end of last year and it's a cop thriller uh, with some action elements to it. Uh, I've sort of been calling it like an action thriller, um, which I guess it really is. Um, and it's about an undercover cop who robs a bank for the mob. Um, and then, you know, the cops are called and she essentially finds herself on the run from her former partners. So it's got some twists and turns. Um, it's definitely action heavy. Uh, we have James Kyson from Heroes, um, who's ondo on Heroes and uh, love- Pia Shaw, who... Yeah, I love him. Um, And Pia Shaw, who is um, in Grey's Anatomy, who's amazing. Um, She actually has a film out um, right now called Grass, which has sort of been doing the rounds of festivals um, all over like California. And it's um, sort of like a stoner comedy. And she's really, really great. So I'm super excited to work with her. Um, And then we have somebody else we're talking to for the female lead and I will drop in that she may or may not have been in Firefly. Um, so we're talking to her and we'll see Ooh. if she is going to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no more hints. Um, uh. Hopefully she'll do it. But um, <laughs> yeah, she's getting busy. So we'll see, but she liked the script. So fingers crossed, um, you know, burn incense or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, We're having a really exciting time with just, like, you know, getting everything together. Um, We've been location scouting the last couple weeks, and we found a pretty good place this week. And we're planning to look at some more places um, over the course of May and just kind of lock them down uh, so we can shoot. Ideally in the fall, uh, that's sort of our perspective dates right now. And it's sort of going to have to be like, everybody's schedule has to align now. Uh, Cause obviously I don't want to lose James. <laughs> I don't want to lose Pia and I don't want to lose my cinematographer and I don't want to lose my stunt coordinator. And so like everybody kind of has to be able to be in the same place at the same time. But, you know, once that's sort of all settled and that's usually something where, you know, if you have to rearrange it, you have to rearrange it once and then you're good. Um, but once that's done, then, you know, we're going to be shooting this year um, and it has to happen this year because I am ridiculous about that. And also because of (laughs) tax reasons, it absolutely has to happen this year. Um, So yeah, we're doing it this year and then we'll have it hopefully out in early next year. So my goal is to drop it in like January or February of 2017 and hopefully hit the festival circuit and then um, do an online sort of uh, push. And I'm not sure whether that's going to be youtube or vimeo or where it's going to land there Um, i know that people who've donated will get uh, an advanced copy while it's going through the festival circuit so they'll all see it online Uh, but yeah i mean it's it's exciting it's sort of expanding um there's a couple on there that you probably have seen um snapshot which i directed and then uh, zone two which i produced and those are projects that i've done recently and and both of them are sort of like closed room projects where it's like one location and a few characters and you know, different things kind of going on in that space. And this is kind of the first one from the directing side that I'm going to get to do. That's like a lot of locations and a lot more people. And it's sort of expanding upon what I've already done. So I'm excited to be able to like up the ante a lot
1: with this one. <laughs> so how much how much are you are you covering? Like what the uh, do you do you already have a staff going that's helping you with the location scouting? Um all, I all the behind the scenes stuff, or is that, do you got a, do you got a very busy schedule? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Both. Um, I like to be hands-on. So I'm essentially involved at every stage. Uh, but I do have a producer, um, Delany Peace, who's amazing. And she's been doing a lot of sort of groundwork and um, research and, you know, everything on locations and places, you know, we can get our props and all of that fun stuff. Um, and then, I have a location manager who um, is going to be coming on for us next month. She's currently booked on an indie film right now. So she's sort of working hard and she comes from the TV realm. So um, she'll have some stuff for us for next month so we can actually like go out and see things. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, a big team so far. I have a couple of co-producers who have also been, you know, suggesting places that we might shoot and things we might be able to do with it all. And so that's kind of been great. That's
1: awesome. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit how the GoFundMe goes? Um, where you're at? What that does in contribution to the, fl- the film? Yeah, sure. Um, so right now we are,
2: um, I want to say like a little over 20000 which is very exciting. Um, you know, obviously like that doesn't count like GoFundMe is not exactly exorbitant, but very existent fees. Um, <laughs> so. GoFundMe has fees as they all do. Um, So there are fees involved. Uh, But yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we're kind of around the 20,000 mark, which I'm super, super psyched about. Um, Essentially, that means that like this movie is getting made, like one way or another, it's getting made. Um, So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, But the next step for us is sort of uh, our stretch goals. So, you know, that range is right now we're uh, aiming towards the 22,000 mark, which would mean like a camera package upgrade. Um, After that, there's like the 25,000 mark. And then um, we're going to sort of, you know, what would be great for me uh, would be to hit the 29,000 mark, um, because I believe that's the mark where we get to give our cast and crew a little bit of a raise and, you know, I'm not getting paid on this. This is just like my passion project, but I'd really love to be able to toss a little bit more. Cause it's an indie project um, towards the people working for me. Cause I don't like to not pay people. Um, <laughs> right. so, you know, that's something that like, I mean, everybody's getting something, but like, I would love to be able to bump it a little bit for them. Um, Cause I know that they're all working for indie rates. Mm-hmm. So that's something that like, would be kind of my dream would be to like hit that mark and be able to say, okay, like, we're in a good position, we're secure with this, and we can definitely, like, bump this a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of crazy, like, we're doing a SAG project. Um, we're not officially SAG-AFTRA uh, yet, but once we, you know, file our forms and everything, we will be. And, I, you know, I love the union. I think it's great, but it eats a chunk. I mean, you know, whatever you're paying, like, add 40% to that just for, like, fringes and, you know, taxes and everything else on top of it. And, it, yeah, I mean, it's like you almost double what the rate is to the actor, um, which is fine. But it's also like, ugh, you know, like you kind of have to budget outside of what you think your initial range is. Uh, and, you know, on most short films, especially, um, you know, early short films by directors, they will oftentimes just not pay the cast. Um, I have a great cast and I'm sure maybe one of them would be willing to work for free. but. Um, you know, I'm also in a position where they are really, really talented people and really skilled and really experienced and, you know, they deserve to get paid. Like I, they're going to sell this project, you know, so I definitely am in a position where I need to be paying them. So mm-hmm. it's something that I, I've definitely been scheduling
1: for and budgeting. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that too, because I, I find, I mean, I've, I've worked behind the scenes on a couple of small movies and it was basically just donation time, yeah. um, But that's what I don't think a lot of people understand, that when you get into this indie film, it is for the love of the craft. It's not so much of how much money am I going to make and this is paying my bills. It's for the this project is great. I want to be a part of it. And any time when you can have that success that you can put back into the, you know, the cast and the crew and such, it definitely it motivates them even more. You know, so it's that's great to hear.
2: Yeah. And I like to, you know, I came up as a production assistant, like that's sort of where I started. And so my whole like beginning in the industry was working on set and being those people. So I completely get what that world is. And I really remember the producers that I felt like treated me really well and really took care of me. And I remember the producers who didn't, you know, and it's like, I want to be one of the ones that people remember that they want to work with again. Um, and kind of not the flip side. So. Uh,
0: and nice. Completely side note. I remember there's an episode, I don't know if you watch the show of supernatural where one yeah. of the characters is a PA on a horror movie and it looks yeah. like, it looks like a lot of fun, but that's just that show. So I, just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just,
2: I mean, it, you know, I, I would say it is like, I, loved my PA time like there was not a day of it that I did not absolutely love because mm-hmm. you get to be on a set and you know you're that like that's the dream you know Um I definitely hear complaints from some PAs and I am certain that i complained at times while I was pa but um you know just,
0: <laughs> just like any job you know
2: just like any job but like you look back on it and you're like yeah but like you know, look what a cool thing I got to help make or look what I got to contribute to making, you know, and this is a thing that like still impacts people all these years later or that people are still talking about or that they are really excited about or it's part of a franchise that has kept going or, you know, whatever. I mean, and even if it's not, even if it's just like a short film or whatever that, you know, did some festivals like that was somebody's baby and they really love doing it. And I have never not enjoyed the PA process. So, you know, I, I'm totally all about that.
0: Yeah, you helped create something that wasn't there before, so it's 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 cool. I, yeah, when it's
1: all said and when it's all said and done, you kind of sit there and go, "It's okay that it was 105 degrees. It's okay <laughs> that I just like, yeah, like walked nine miles in three hours." You know? Yeah, it, it's fine. It's <laughs> a good reward.
0: <laughs> do all? And
1: these... I mean, what's
0: that? No, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: And, well, and I mean, like totally, like we all have those like horror stories, but it's just, I think that's part of the fun of it. You know, like we all have like. The stories of like, oh, uh, we did walk nine miles in like a day, <laughs> and you're like, God, that sucks. But you know, it's just, it's. I think that's part of the fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Does uh, does the GoFundMe for this? There's no expiration on this, right? Or is there, there...
2: isn't? Um, right. We're keeping it up, and we're keeping it up primarily so that we can communicate with the people who have funded it. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, I don't want to take it down and like stop being like, hey, here are updates. Like, I want to keep everybody in the loop, and I want to make sure that we're posting. You know. Photos from behind the scenes and like everything that we're doing. Um, So people are just like part of it and they don't feel like we just, you know, like took the money and we're like, peace out. Um, So (laughs) we definitely want to be like really communicative in the process. And I'm guessing there will be like two or three days in the middle of somewhere, October, November, whenever we shoot, um, where we'll like drop off the face of the planet But then we'll have lots of behind the scenes photos for everybody. um, So they'll be excited about it. But yeah, I mean, we definitely we're keeping it up like we're shooting in the fall. And, you know, like I said, like, it would be great if we hit some of our stretch goals before then. Um, And, you know, until that point, like, we're just happy to keep it up and keep talking to people and sharing it and letting them know what we're doing.
0: Awesome. And what's the what's the website? The GoFundMe.com slash
2: Miranda directs.
0: Okay, good. And we'll have a link for that in our show notes so that everybody can find it. And we will, of course, tweet it out and Facebook it all over the place. Uh, Ah. Absolutely. Um, We're going to kind of wrap up things here. I wanted to ask you, because today was kind of a sad day in the the music world, Uh, do you have a favorite Prince song?
2: Um, You know, for me, I think you know, a lot of people have been doing like the Purple Rain and I love Purple Rain. But I think for me, it's probably When Doves Cry. Like, I really love that song. I think it's just a great one. And, you know, I, it's hard to pick one because mm-hmm. he not only like wrote for himself and his own music, but also for so many other people, whether it's like Manic Monday or, you know, nothing oh, right. compares to you or whatever. Like he just he has such a wide catalog um, that it's kind of hard to pick just one but I think it would probably be when doves cry for me.
0: Nice. All right. So yes, gofundme.com slash Miranda Directs. Are you on you're on Twitter too, if anybody wants to follow you?
2: Yes, I am at Miranda Sajak, and you can probably have to spell that for them because nobody (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Miranda M I R A N D A S -S 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 A J D A K.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. thank you so much for coming on and uh once you guys are done with the movie, I'll have to have you back on um, talk. To, to talk about it. And then when your pilot gets picked up, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is awesome.
2: Thank you guys. And, you know, hit me up anytime you need to guest. I'm happy to just come on and chat with you because you guys are awesome. So
0: have a good hope. <laughs> we'll do that. All right. Thank totally
1: you. taking you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, be careful what you wish for.
0: <laughs> right. I love it. Every, every week.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, I'm down. <laughs> All right. Always
0: available. All right, thanks, Miranda.
2: <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks and jenny Have a good one.
0: All right, there it is. We love talking to creative people and finding out their whole process and what they enjoy about what they do and why they enjoy it. And that was another example of it. Miranda Sajak, awesome interview. She loved talking about, and you could tell she's very passionate about what she's doing. <clears throat> you- yeah. You can uh, follow her on Twitter, at Miranda Sajak. Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A. Coincidentally enough, is a planet that was in the movie Serenity, which is based off of Firefly. Just kind of putting that link together. There's a Firefly actress Uh that that may or may not be in her new movie. Let's just... I think... She said she's busy, so I think it's the girl from Deadpool and Gotham. But I'm not going to say names, because we're not allowed to. She didn't tell us anyways, but... Uh, anyway, uh, at Miranda Sajak, S A J S A J D A K. Miranda Sajak is how you spell it. Uh, go to the GoFundMe page, give you know five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you can, to help get this movie made because it sounds awesome, and you'll get to see it once it's released. And that, you know these people are in it are great. She sounds great. She sounds like she has a good eye for this movie, and she's influenced by some great movies like The Raid and District B Thirteen. Which I have not seen, I had to admit. Ah,
1: Dave!
0: Sorry. I didn't have time yet, and you just gave me the link to see it today, so I'll get to it this weekend, hopefully. Um, Everybody needs to bombard
1: Dave on Twitter and just go, how the heck do you call yourself a geek and have never
0: seen that? Have you seen the raid? Just saying. I have seen the raid. Okay, good. All right, otherwise we're going to have the same conversation. All right. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash MirandaDirects. And that will get you right to that page where you can see what they're doing. And little, she's got her two short films on there as well. Uh, You can see all the actors that are signed on. Everybody that's working on the movie is right there. And you can see what they're looking for and where where all the money's going. So you know it's going somewhere and not just into somebody's pocket who's going to run away with it. Which I don't think GoFundMe lets you do. But anyway, GoFundMe.com slash Miranda directs. Jenny, have you watched anything interesting this week? Um... What have I watched interesting this week? Well, you couldn't even remember. A either. lot of television. <laughs> you couldn't even and remember a, movie. a podcast I watched that we recorded uh, on Tuesday, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Coherence was a great movie. <laughs> watched that. Got that on
0: iTunes. Uh, what, what else did you watch? Slow.
1: Why do you? You always, like, get surprised when I'm slow to respond. You just, just deal with just, it. Okay, Dave. You're supposed to be the smart one. I'm the genius of the group. I'm just slow at being a genius. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, but yeah, no, coherence was awesome. Like that was a super fun movie.
0: yeah, how how are your Mariners doing?
1: I haven't been paying attention to the Seattle teams too much. I just saw the Tigers get their butt handed to them, and the Red Wings got kicked out. So I,
0: I've been going but. to uh, physical therapy that uh, just went today for my first time, and she's a Michigan transplant here in Wisconsin. And so she, she is uh, I mentioned I was going to a baseball game this weekend for the Brewers and she's like, oh, I've never been. And I'm like, what? She's like, oh, I'm not from here. I'm like, OK, that makes more sense. And
1: I'm I'm like the only person in California that has probably been to 30 Anaheim Angels games and have never been there to root for the Angels. I only I, go to Tigers and, and Mariners games. I
0: highly doubt that. That's such a transplant city, though.
1: Yeah, but people adopt those angels,
0: man. I don't know. It's why. like a whole
1: stadium of red. I don't know why either.
0: Seattle is seven and eight right now, by the way. Which is
1: that's like a, a good even balance.
0: You're a half game better than my team, which is seven and nine. Well, Dave, I'm always better than your team. Shut your mouth. That is not Should true. we bring football in? <laughs> why don't we? How far did your Seahawks get this year?
1: Uh, very close. And, um, I do believe they we got do. Closer. Rule.
0: We got closer. Sorry. Whatever. How many Hail Marys did your quarterback get? Zero. We got two in one year. What? <laughs> we, did, we didn't win one of them, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. But again, dude, we've been through this. My team has style. Pfft, style. We got the Lambeau leap. <laughs> exactly. My team has style.
0: We're all about the people. That's, that's what the Packers. Our people team. We have
1: the 12th man. Psh. I am the 12th man. It's a gimmick.
0: It's an awesome gimmick. It's like a wrestling gimmick. Anywho,
1: <laughs> I'm ignoring
0: you. <laughs> Fine. Uh, yeah, head over to AtomicGeekdom.com. Click on the banner at the top of the page. It'll take you to all things Entertainment Earth. Buy things from them. Right now we got a Batman vs. Superman banner on the top there, so you can check that out. All their Batman v Superman toys. Even if you didn't like the movie, the toys are pretty rad. So check it out. Dude,
1: and and they've already got it on their website, the Flash Gordon Funko Dolls.
0: <laughs> I will have to see if the I can get a The world has
1: officially, like, bowed to me. They're like, Jenny, we know what <laughs> you need in your life. We will give you it. Here is Voltron in a punk doll, a pop doll. Voltron? I'm telling you, and Entertainment Earth, they've got it up there. They've got the prices. Guess
0: where I'm shopping. <laughs> well, Same. go to go to of Geekdom.com, click the banner, and then do your shopping. Every cent you spend kicks a little bit back to us from them. You don't spend anything more. You get the quality merch that you want. You don't have to go toy hunting off from store to store to try to find your uber rare Funko Pop of, of uh, what was the one I just saw? <laughs> I forgot his name. Meaning the merciless- Finn. Finn, where he had the, the helmet with the blood coming down it. I saw Funko, oh, nice. Funko Pop with that that I almost bought at Wizard World because it looks super cool. And it's probably pretty rare. I don't know. Out, or one of those exclusives, like a Hot Topic exclusive or something. Anywho, yeah, buy all your cool merch from Entertainment Earth and do it from our banner at Uh Right now, I think I would have announced. I'm not sure when exactly we're announcing it because we're still kind of waiting and uh, for the actual <coughs> things to come. But we have a Game of Thrones giveaway that is either happening soon or going to be happening. So keep your eyes peeled for at Atomic Geekdom on Twitter uh, and Periscope because I'm going to be teasing it on Periscope before we actually announce it. <coughs> get the get the, the juices going and the, the mouths salivating for this awesome prize that almost nearly decimated my staff of people at Atomic Geekdom because they want to win it themselves.
1: I told you, Dave, I'm, I might quit just so I can enter.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't pay you, so it's not like a job or anything uh,
1: so i don't get paid and i can't enter to win the awesome prizes do
0: you think do you think you what gotten, am i doing do you think you would have gotten that super cool uh pirates or whatever poster if you hadn't been writing articles on this website
1: well no they just think i'm cool because i'm all about <laughs> i am i am all about the pirates man i am starting my own crew did he sign I'm it as, a ship
0: as the actor or as blackbeard As the actor. Uh.
1: That would be awesome (laughs) if it was signed by Blackbeard. Like in blood. Oh,
0: now we're talking signed in wine.
1: That would be would be awesome. (laughs) Plus so sort of a sneak peek type thing. So I'm writing an article right now. Oh really? Kind of about Season finale of Black Cells, even though it's been a few
0: weeks, I could not but for the life of me think of the name of the show. <laughs> My mind totally blank, so I just said pirates.
1: You couldn't remember? Oh, you are horrible, horrible. Anyway, anyway please continue. But I've been I because it was a, an epically awesome season finale, and a lot of the names you know because if, you know obviously if you've been to Disneyland, but Blackbeard people know the name. Long John Silver, people know the name. I've been researching all the histories of the pirates to link up to where we're at in the show right now because, again, the finale was epic. Mm. I, I love the pirate life. I want to go to Nassau. I just, I got to go. It's so cool. So I'm writing about it, and I may be gushing in the article and things like that, but give me time because it's a very fun research project.
0: There you go. Keep your eyes peeled iTunes or iTunes and <laughs> and Twitter at AtomicGeekdom for Jenny's posts Jenny's article uh, you can you can look on iTunes for us subscribe and review subscribe to two Broke geeks while you're there um, yeah I should just stop talking for the rest of the day I think <laughs>
1: uh, and but, follow follow our buddy we just interviewed Miranda
0: at Miranda Sajak S A J D A K follow her she's going to keep you updated on everything awesome so once she makes that announcement that one of those Firefly cast members is is put in the movie and when the movie is under production you'll get to see all the behind the scenes photos and all that good stuff I'm sure GoFundMe.com slash Miranda directs and you can help contribute even a little bit helps whatever you can do it's somebody doing something creative and we want to support that Um, she's very awesome and she spent an hour with us so we want to pay back the favor and give her some some love by sending her you know whatever you can five ten bucks whatever you can do uh, and then when the movie comes out let us know what you thought of the movie
1: yeah and I mean like seriously 25 bucks you donate that you get a digital copy of the film when it's out I mean, 25 bucks is nothing you guys you can throw in a little bit you know or you can totally go all out and do the ten thousand, and you don't even want to know what you get then because then you're just rolling with it
0: speaking as a a broke geek not one of the two broke geeks but a broke geek 25 bucks is a lot of money to me but if i had it i definitely would give it uh to somebody who i mean again you know spend wisely we were telling you to be responsible with your money and there's other places your money could go but if you have a little extra in your budget go ahead
1: Helpful. And support the arts, because what we talk about on this on this show is everything that people create. It's the love of it. So mm-hmm. if you can definitely put it back out there, you're not because there is some amazing mm-hmm. stuff that's happening that isn't being funded by gigantic monies and studios. And they're amazing.
0: You might think it's frivolous, but it's not. You're giving somebody money to make their dream to, to help do something that they love and that they put a lot of work into. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, give 500 bucks, you get an IMDb credit, which means you're on IMDb, and not just you know something you edited on somebody's account. <laughs> you're officially that's a, awesome. Give a thousand bucks, you're an executive producer credit on IMDb. That would be pretty cool. I don't have a thousand dollars, but that would be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, 750 gets you co-producer. So hey, I'm just telling you these are the options if you got that kind of cash lying around. Maybe send some to us, but first, send some to them. No, I'm just kidding. We don't need your money. Uh, Help us by buying cool stuff through the banner for Entertainment Earth. But anyway, uh, AtomicGeekdom.com for all this cool stuff at Atomic Again, the the Game of Thrones giveaway is either happening or going to happen soon. I'm sorry. I can't predict the future. Just kind of, as we speak right now, waiting on a couple things, and I'm just super psyched to announce it for you guys because it's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see somebody who wins it uh, send their picture to us with them holding the various items that they won. Oh, kind of gave it away a little bit. You win more than one thing. so
1: They're so cool.
0: Uh, just keep keep that in mind. Again, AtomicGeekdom.com, at AtomicGeekdom. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Good places to follow us for all those kind of updates as well. Jenny, you are on Twitter at... RobbieArts. We are always looking for suggestions of maybe movies or shows that we are not watching, possibly, that we don't know about. So hit us up at AtomicGeekdom, at Robbie Art. Let us know what we should be watching, and we'll talk about it here. And perhaps, as we've done many times, we'll get someone who's worked on that project to come on this podcast. Uh, I think, and I don't say this because this is the level we're at, I like talking to these people that are in these lesser-known movies. Not lesser-successful, but lesser-known, because... They're so jacked about their pro their their they what they're making that it's like you talk to somebody like in a marvel movie they're gonna be fun to talk to and be insightful and everything, but the passion behind that project might get lost because they've done seventeen thousand interviews about it already, so they just might be exhausted, not to say I don't want to interview Jeremy Renner or Stephen Amel <laughs> uh you know hint hint Jenny <laughs> but uh i i enjoy these interviews because it's, it's when are you gonna
1: let me have vin diesel on
0: you get vin diesel on we'll talk to vin diesel <laughs> <laughs> you out there vin we'll talk to you we'll, we'll hang out with you i'd love to talk to you about pitch black it's one of my favorites i did not like the following movies in that series but pitch black was great and of course uh i like a lot of movies he's done just not those not those those car movies
1: Oh, that would be the best podcast ever. I'm getting Tom Hardy. He's coming on. <laughs> you get Tom That's Hardy. That's my goal in life right now. It's him and I against you guys. Bring it. You're going down.
0: <laughs> I, I'll stand firm. I, if Tom Hardy comes on, I will stand firm, in my opinion, of, of his films. Not a, him no as a person. No, you I, I'm he's sure he's a cool person, problem. but <laughs> I will. You would. No. You'd be a poser. If he started talking to me like Bane, I might crumble. I am going to pull
1: up every soundbite of you talking shit, and I am going to play it during that interview and just go, and Tom, see here how I have supported you from the get-go. But Dave, on the other Uh, hand, listen to this clip.
0: Click. This dream interview you're talking about, (laughs) that if ever happens, (laughs) will be be many years down the road. I'm going to pull it off. All right. I would be... (laughs) totally impressive you did anyway we're done wasting your time that's our show this week come back next week please and listen to another episode of the atomic kingdom podcast jenny as always you get the last word and today it is peter frampton comes live